0: Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast. A weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Maggotseng. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. I am Joey, and I sound like Steve the Robot right now because it's very, very hot out, and I'm very tired. But we have a pre uh Good show today, I think. We got a lot to talk about, and we're going to try not to make it too long, so that could be a really good combination, but, you know, we shall see. In any event, Miles is back.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Hi, Dr. Nick. And Steve is back. Hello, everyone. Is that your impersonation of a human? That's it. Did I pass? Pretty good. You passed. I mean, listen, I was at a movie with Steve on Monday... He brought his daughter, and his daughter does look at him like he is a robot. <laughs> she also is, she changes she is my like, batteries. Yeah, she is very suspicious of you. Hey. I thought, hey, if, By the way, did she enjoy? So we'll start off with that. Um, Steve and I went to Black Widow, and he brought his uh, young lady. And uh, I quite liked it. The review was up on the site. Steve was a little lukewarm, which we can talk about. He has a, He has a reason that makes perfect sense for him, but I don't think – I don't want to say negates his opinion because it doesn't, but it essentially explains why he feels the way he does about it. But I'm curious what she thought because I didn't really. Hear much it from her. Yeah, she enjoyed I mean,
2: it. One one thing that she said afterwards was, "It wasn't funny at all," which no. mar, a lot of you know most Marvel films, especially this last you know dozen or so, have a, a good amount of humor in them, and this one was really lacking in that. And I think. Which kind of fits into my some of my issues—not issues with it, but why it just didn't feel—it felt like it was made years ago and and uh, and implanted now in two thousand and twenty-one. Yeah, there was humor.
0: There was humor, but it was very light. It was more like so. There's a running joke in the movie that Yelena, the Florence Pugh Black Widow, thinks you know because. In the Marvel world, the Avengers are celebrities, right, Miles? Like they know right. they're known, so like people know Natasha, so she, so Yelena's seen her over the years, you know, doing her thing, and she's she would go like, why do you do that thing where you land and like you flip your hair back and you look, you look like everyone's watching, you're a poser, like just mocking that like move that she does, <laughs> and that that's pretty funny, and it has a, a decently good punchline. She tries it once, is like ugh, but <laughs> yeah. by and large, it's very very light on the humor. In a way that, like, not as serious as the first Thor was, or kind of the first Captain America, but closer to that. It it hasn't become like the humor filled thing. It's mm-hmm. it's got a Winter Soldier vibe to it, which is where Steve's gonna has his issue.
2: Yeah, yeah. The uh, funny thing is, afterwards, I saw the trailer, uh, maybe a newer trailer for it, and it was every single moment of humor I think in the in the whole film was it was in that mm-hmm. trailer. I was like, man, they're really trying to push it to p- make it seem like it's more, you know, the, the tone is matches more of uh, the yeah. more modern uh, MCU stuff. But yeah, it, that I doesn't mean, hurt it. It's just I would have liked it to have a little bit lighter than it
0: was. Totally. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about it next week or the week after after Miles sees it. We'll do a, a little okay. bit more on it. But I'll uh, I'll just say pros for me. I I think the seeing black widow get her story was good i think florence Pugh very very good and i i just i felt it was very well paced i wasn't bored mm-hmm. i kind of liked the smaller scale and greediness of it uh cons the villain sucks yeah. very, phase, very in a phase marvel
1: one. movie
0: very phase one villain um mm-hmm. but again it's a look back so like it kind of makes sense you can't have like a you know if Thanos was the villain, it wouldn't make that much sense. Like, oh, here's the side thing she did. Um, it's a bad Bond villain. Is what you have there? It's a bad Bond villain in what essentially is a pretty solid Bond movie. Like it's a it's a good Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Essentially, it's how I would kind of look at it. Like big and ridiculous, mm-hmm. but fun. More so. World on is it not soon. enough. Uh, yeah. In the World's not enough. In the, like, World is Not Enough, Tomorrow Never Dies vibe. I like Tomorrow Never Dies a lot.
1: I do, too. That's actually my favorite of the Brosnan era.
0: Same. Tomorrow Never Dies, then the World is Not Enough, then Goldeneye, then Die Another Day. Die Another yeah. Day, Jump the Shark. Die Another Day was the shark. It was the invisible shark. Yeah. Uh, I love... Do you know that Tomorrow Never Dies is a typo? Well, yeah, it was originally
1: going to be Tomorrow Never Lies, but then somebody messed up when printing it and they were like, Oh, that actually sounds better.
0: Yep. Which it does, have... even though it doesn't make sense. Both both are good titles, I would say. Tomorrow Never Lies is less of a Bond title. It's more of a this movie title. Though I would have really liked like somewhere a tagline to be Tomorrow Never Lies. You know, once you knew the story. Like, oh, it's evil Ted Turner. But wasn't to be. So, more on Black Widow next we, week, I think? Just as good for him. I enjoyed I say. I'm sorry. Wait, so, it, yeah, it Steve comes, enjoyed it.
1: I, I did it enjoy out, it. I just did not love it.
0: Comes out next Friday, so two, week, two podcasts from now.
1: Right. I'll just ask okay. you guys this, because I still haven't seen it yet. Do you feel like, without necessarily changing anything, it would have played better if it had come out, like, five or six years ago? Yes. Yes. Because it
0: isn't – so here, quickly, and then we'll move on just because I want to save enough for when we do it again. It doesn't feel like a goodbye to her, whereas, like, right now, you're saying goodbye to her. This feels like here's some fill-in-the-blanks of, you know, her as a person. And I like that, and I find it really good, but it didn't – it wasn't the tribute to her per se. It was great to see her get her movie, even though it's it's almost a team-up movie. But, yeah, if it had come after the first Avengers movie, let's say, it would have been great. It would have been like, like okay, cool, exactly. we're, getting, we're getting her character. Though there is a narrative issue with that. Well, I know it's it took not place a, right after Civil
1: War, but let's say it was like Civil War, Doctor Strange, and then this came out.
0: I think that, I don't know if it would be a, much better, but maybe a little better. I think, you know, they had already missed their moment yeah. to like take advantage of like, okay, we're giving everyone a character. This, right. this felt like, oh, we've reached the point where, like, there's a demand for, okay, we'll make it. I'm been about phase two. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a different story to some degree. But with this story, it, I mean, yeah, I would have liked to have seen it earlier. The best they could have done is right after Civil. Like, this is the follow-up to Civil War. Like, oh, here's a small story, and then we're going to get bigger. Because it is, it is very much a Civil War sequel in a sense. Like, well, pick, picks up with her on the run. Which is let, where you?
2: Let me say this. If it came out then, it wouldn't have to have bitten off as much as it did. And it could have been... It, the to-do list in this film is, is too long because it is filling in for stuff that should have been done seven years ago. And if it could have been... A, if she had her film earlier on, this would have been a much better film. Um, the, the narrative issues... Well, I'm just trying to say they bit off more than they, they should have. And I yeah, think yeah no, they, I got you. They, if they split into two, it would be tremendous, and that's one of my
0: major issues. Fair. Um, other things to talk about. i um, just going to briefly remind everyone that Zola is now out and is amazing. It's my favorite film of the year. I want to hold for next week to talk about it more because I hope I can get like Miles to see it by then. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, because I know it's out today. I don't know if it's out by you just yet. If the- I, I was
1: checking, it is. If I have time, I mean, I'm planning a wedding right now, but if I have time to see it uh, over the next week, I definitely will. It's under 90 minutes. Just saying. Yeah, but you gotta get uh. dinner. It's a whole
0: thing. All right, well, we'll see. If you could arrange that, that would be appreciated. Everyone- Yeah, if you okay. do it before you get married, you
2: have to take her for dinner. If you do it after you get married, you just see the movie and then you go home. and eat
1: really? Okay. To- so-, so, Joey, I'll watch Zola after I get married in November.
0: Yeah, no, that's not gonna work for me, Steve um I'm i would have appreciated if steve went the complete opposite rounds like you know if you do it before you get married you have to buy your dinner if you do it after you're married you demand she makes you dinner and just he went complete like al the other oh. i would have been uh, if that was
2: if, if that was my reality i, I would have but
0: uh, i'd be the one who's the dinner yeah i was about to say i feel like uh that is not your relationship but little i don't pig your marriage no uh, so yeah, when we, when we get more people have seen it, I want to talk more about it because it is phenomenal, but I just don't want to like rave a million times about it. Um, other things that are out this week, the forever purge sucks less than the other ones, but still is not a great movie. Ooh, that's um, I was talking off air about it. It's, you know, it's wild. This is a five movie franchise, but that's another story entirely. Um, boss baby two is awful. Also go figure. Um, and, uh, as you're listening to this, I will finally have seen, uh, the Soderbergh movie, No Sudden Move. So look for a review and I guess we'll talk more about that next week because it's going to be on HBO Max.
1: Can I, make as you're listening quick, to this. can I make a real quick joke about Boss Baby? Go for it. Okay. To quote The Office, that baby could be the star of a show called Babies I Don't Care About.
0: <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I believe at the time my, my review of the first one was it's the loaded diaper of animated uh, films, which is not super witty, but gets the point across. this one makes it look that one better somehow. And that's, that's not that's not good. Uh, the less said about it, the better in fact, I want to move on from it. And we're gonna do our question. Ryan McDermott has a question for us because what we're gonna do after this is we're talk about the first half of the year. And if anyone wants to give out some sort of personal prizes, we can do that. First, we are going to do a Mount Rushmore. All right. Yay. I was waiting to see if there's any reaction. Uh well, if you're that excited about it, first we're gonna do a film all face off <laughs> then. You have to wait for your Mount Rushmore. Um This is a this is a good face off.
1: PTA.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Oh, this'll be some tough choices. Let's do it.
0: There is one tough choice for me. The rest are kind of clear. The first, one first up, Hard Eight or Punch Drunk Love and uh, Miles, Steve, myself.
1: Uh, oh, not even a contest. Punch Drunk Love is like might be in my top ten films of all time, Hard mm-hmm. Eight is good, but it's a first film. It's something Very that promises so. better things to come.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with Hard Eight. Um, Ooh, I it's my first film I, I had seen. Uh, by him and uh I, I quite enjoyed it and i love philip baker hall so but i uh punch drunk, punch drunk love is fantastic too I, nothing against that but I'm gonna give some props
0: to totally fair totally fair um yeah um heart eight is lesser pta to me it might be the i guess it's my lowest ranked one of them how many films has he made has he made eight films
1: I think 8 is it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we'll rank the after we do these we'll we'll, we'll order them. Um I do love the sequence where he teaches John C Riley how to get like a free hotel room. That's that's genius, but the rest of the movie is 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 not amazing. It's good. But he's he's still honing his craft. Punch-drunk love is it's it's an indie Adam Sandler movie and it's it's great. Like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't work as well as it does, and yet it does. Um, it might I still just, be his
1: best performance in anything. I love Uncut Gems, but it might still be Punch Drunk Love
0: for me. It's up there. I mean, I'm I'm going to say, like, Uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Love, Funny People, Reign Over Me. Like, those are, I think, sort of the ones people accept this as his top tier because there's not a whole lot else. But, yeah, I mean, getting to see him do a very similar performance in a lot of ways while acknowledging like what makes it awful in real life. If that were to happen, I, it was, it was great. I actually just showed someone his, uh, spirit awards acceptance speech from last year, about two years ago. And that was, uh, amazing. When he get it's like a five minute acceptance speech. It's phenomenal. Um, front cut gems, obviously. So next up, this is the hard one. Boogie nights or Magnolia. Ooh. Um, These are his top
1: two for me. It's actually not that hard for me. I love, love, love Magnolia. I love Boogie Nights too. I mean, they're both phenomenal films, to be clear. This is somebody who's made maybe two or three films that aren't masterpieces, and even those are more interesting than most directors' entire filmographies. Um, But yeah... Ah, It is neck and neck because they're quite similar in a lot of ways. But Magnolia was one of those ones where I just saw it at the right time and it just hit such a nerve and it stayed with me ever since. And every few years I go back to it and I just, you know, I laugh and I cry and I just get all the emotions. Uh, The scene where all the characters are singing uh, the Amy Mann song is like one of my favorite scenes in cinema. Um, So, yeah, I'll go with Magnolia.
0: So just give up exactly oh yeah it shouldn't work it should be no it should i work. should be making fun of it but yeah i am I'm, I'm jumping in front to say i agree wholeheartedly. other miles magnolia is one of my top 10 films of all time um boogie nights might be in my top 25 but magnolia is a perfect movie in the sense of it's maybe the biggest swing ever and the fact that it works like if any part of that three-hour movie doesn't work it collapses and it somehow works so I'm 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 a Magnolia person. I feel like Steve's a Boogie Nights guy.
2: Uh, no, Magnolia. Really? Uh, Mag, yeah, oh. Magnolia too is is one of my favorite of all time. Uh, I've listened to that soundtrack, I believe, more than any soundtrack or any album in my existence. I would have it in my CD player in my car for about a decade, and I would just every time I get in the car, I'd listen to it. Um,
1: oh, I did too. That's awesome.
2: I, I,
0: <laughs> and the Tom the Tom Cruise interview segment is like its oh own short god. film. Oh, it just really Well,
1: it's like it's like 9 different short films all interweaving with one another yeah. and it just all flows together so perfectly. Oh god. It, was... Y'all make me want to go watch it after Exactly.
2: This. I, know. I swear I've been in the chills. I'm like I can't wait. I I'm, I have it waiting for me. I've been waiting to watch it. I just want to have sit down and I, do the full experience, not a, uh, I highly recommend.
0: So there's a couple of books that reference him. I think Rebels on the Backlot is one of the ones I that has- I love
1: Rebels on the Backlot. That's such a good love book. Love that if you're book. You're even If you're even remotely interested in indie filmmaking in the 90s, that's like one of the best books you can read. Agreed.
0: And that one is
1: on, um, you might have to help me, PTA. It's PTA. Fincher, it's Spike Jones, Fincher, Tarantino. Tarantino. Is it uh, Wes David, Anderson? Wes Anderson, I think, gets a look in. David O. Russell. And Soderbergh, right? And Soderbergh, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and there's the segment on Magnolia coming together and like sort of the the dance of getting Tom Cruise is, is fascinating because it was kind of cool that like oh Tom Cruise wants to do this can we make it happen you know everyone around Tom Cruise is like don't do this essentially um, and like the money part of it like what's a discount for Tom Cruise he's the highest paid actor in the world at the time like all that was fascinating. Um, I also recommend um, Amy Nicholson the film critic wrote a book, um on tom cruise um anatomy of an actor is the series you know different people write about different actors she did the tom cruise one um you can read the think the segment online it might i don't remember where it's found but on because she picks i guess 10 iconic roles and she does one on magnolia and just listening to how they arranged it and how it came together it's it's just phenomenal it just goes to show again like you get the right actor with the right director and, like, mm-hmm. you know, magic happens. Like, Tom Cruise, when he has that sort of director, is amazing. And, you know, otherwise is a great movie star, per se. But that's that's one of those times where You're like, oh, magic is happening.
2: A couple things about uh, this face-off. The cast is incredible. It's, like... And, and,
1: and
0: very and,
2: similar. And, yeah. Well, yeah, there's sim- a
1: lot of overlap between the two movies. But, but it's just... The, just about every
2: actor in that film is like, after seeing uh, both of them, if they were in anything else, that's it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to see this film. I'm not. Yeah, you know, they they sold. I was sold uh, from the second I heard their name. Also, um, I do love Boogie Nights, and that Sister Christian firecracker scene is one of the most tense oh. I can remember.
1: So good. Yeah,
0: I, I I love them both. Yes, they're Scorsese movies essentially, but they're the best. Like. It's not even like a ripoff. It's a hom it's an homage. It's a it's a spin-off. Like just watching those their they're other utter delights. I, I love both of those movies. They would easily they're easily his one too for me. So, you know, of course this was gonna be arranged this way. Um, the next one, The Master or Inherent Vice. Uh
1: this is one of the easiest ones for me. Uh the Master is wild and weird and took me a few times to really process and get and to be honest I probably still don't fully get it but um, it's got three of the best performances from three of the best actors that have worked in the past few decades and just what a showcase and you know it's it's one of those movies that you can kind of really sit with and parse through and try and figure out Inherent Vice is my least favorite film of his I found it to be a total slog Josh Brolin gives an amazing comedic performance but outside of that it's completely skippable
0: yeah, it's it's that one or um or Hard Eight or the or the lesser ones. Me, I will say it's the three of the best actors working today. The funny part is oh no, you, you know it. No, it no, no, no,
1: five, five. Because I, I forget, was about uh, to say Jesse Plemons and Rami Malek are both
0: in it. Uh, six, Laura Dern.
1: Laura Dern, you're right. Oh my God, yeah, it's a great cast. Well,
0: okay, uh, seven, so... Jillian Bell. <laughs> is that it? She's well, uh, I would not on the same level, but like Jillian Bell in a tiny role is amazing and also in it i'm i'm looking because i know there's at least one other name i'm not thinking uh, kevin of. j
1: o'connor who also worked with him on there will be blood yeah melora walters is in it who
0: is a who is one of his frequent people mm-hmm. there's I'm feeling like there's someone else, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just everyone looks so like accurate for that movie. OK, well, then let me clarify
1: I'm... my previous statement. Joaquin Phoenix, Philip Sumer Hoffman and Amy Adams all giving yes. among the best performances of their careers. It's my favorite Joaquin Phoenix performance, like by a mile still.
0: Uh, that or her for me. Yeah.
1: Oh, her. I, it's it's neck and neck. But I think that one, it just because it's so, I think it stands out for me because it was the first real performance he gave after the whole fake retirement mockumentary thing. And yeah. it was just like, oh, not only is he, like, taking acting seriously again, but he's, like, an actor. Act- I mean, he was he, always great. Don't get me wrong. Well, he this kicked was it like, into a... a he, like, gear. transformed in a way that he hadn't before. Which, and it was which very really... Exciting. M-
0: reframes,
1: I think, the uh the mockumentary. Oh totally. Because you you come to it and it's like, oh okay, this was like like you can look at that as its own performance in a way.
0: Well because now it's like so going into it, i think all of our bullshit detectors were up. They're like, oh this is this is a con in some way. But maybe he's also crazy now. Like could be. And then now you're just like, oh it was like um, caterpillar butterfly situation, like that was like his like chrysalis. It was like I need to, I need to shed the skin of like I'm a real good actor, and I need to just be insane for a minute to allow myself to be better. And like if you look at what he's done since then, it's almost wildly like, amazingly consistently great. When he was already consistently great, though, I will never fully forgive him for torpedoing Two Lovers that year by. That being what oh, he was yeah. promoting. Well, the Letterman interview. <laughs> yeah, I and I mean, listen, James Gray is the is a mensch of a mensch that he worked with him again after he basically ruined his movie. He's phenomenal in that movie, and Two Lovers is a great movie. But you know, I would not blame him if he was uh, still a bit pissed that, like, you know, you could have like not promoted my movie while you did that. Ugh, sorry you couldn't be here, Joaquin. That line yeah, is great. Uh, but yes, I'm going I'm to agree with you on The Master. The Master's great. I don't hate in Heron Weiss. I just didn't smoke pot, so I didn't understand what was going on most of it. It's well, see, I book. did, and I was still lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you definitely didn't have his strain. <sighs> there's some really great stuff. I think some of the comedy works. Yeah, oh, like like, said, it's, not, it's not a... Great.
1: I, I don't want to dog in it too bad. It's just, it's very bad compared to how amazing most of his filmography is. It feels... It's one of those things where, like, you look at, like, some of the best Pixar movies, and then you look at Cars 2. Yeah. I
0: look at it... Sorry, and I know I'm, I'm cutting off Steve again, but I look at it the way that... It's all right. Yeah, I know. I look at it how I look like Wes Anderson. And I feel like... I don't love Wes Anderson movies, but I feel like everyone does, and I feel like I'm missing something. And I feel like I'm just missing something watching Inherent Vice. Like, oh, this should be great. Like, him, like PTA doing a Stoner movie with this cast... And it's kind of a, like a, a sleuthing thing. Like, and just it, it hints. There are so many moments like, oh, this is about to get good. And then it just gets like weird and, and monotonous again. Like when he goes to like the, the Yankee Cranky place and he's like flirting with the girls and he gets attacked. You're like, okay, cool. This is inspired. And then just it slows down again for 40 minutes at a time.
1: Yeah, it'll just like every now and then you'll get like Owen Wilson has a pretty good bit in it. Uh, there's the great extended sequence with Martin Short. Uh, Josh Brolin, as I mentioned, is hilarious throughout, but it just never quite clicks into that gear where you're with it. And it's one of those movies where it's all about the plot, but also the plot doesn't matter,
0: which is infuriating to watch. It was really, um, there's a movie, um, That it's really, really indebted to that is escaping my memory at the moment. And I'm going to think of it while Steve goes, but it's similar in that the plot is very dense, but also one of those like, it means nothing. Not in a, you know, in a vaguely Chinatown-esque way. Right. And yeah, it just became annoying. And then like, you're like, oh, Catherine Waterston is naked and, and she's still naked and continuing to be naked. And I'm a little uncomfortable now, but... You know, it's not intending to be that all the time. Like, it's never... Like, I don't know. I still don't get it, is the thing. So that it makes yeah. me upset. In the same way, like, I don't feel like I fully get the Master, but I love it for, like, making me want to continue to try to get it. Exactly. Like, the Master made me
1: want to go back and sort of uncover its layers. I've never once felt any temptation to
0: revisit Inherent Vice. I, I thought about it briefly as like I want like did I miss something? And I probably missed something. But yeah, it just seems like such a it's endeavor to do. It's just it's to too it.
1: long. It's such a slog. You know that long stretches of it are just not entertaining in any meaningful way. Like it just yeah. the the good stuff can't outweigh the bad at a certain point.
0: Yeah. And I'm thinking of the long goodbye. I'm sorry. I got there. Okay. The I, thought, Gould, I thought Robert that might have been movie. it, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. All right. Steve, you're up.
2: All right, now that we're done with Miles and Joe talk PTA, I give my opinion. Um this is easy. Well, first of all, let me say I think he keeps saying hard but is lesser uh, PTA. I I guess I agree, but I think lesser PTA is pretty damn good. So, you know, don't oh, think, yeah. I don't think it's not a bad film in, in any way. Um it feels like an a first film, it feels like an early film, but I think it's uh, it's very, very watchable. Wait, listen. When we're gonna
0: when we're ranking these, and we're gonna rank all eight in a minute, like number eight is still better than a lot of like yeah, plenty well, of filmmakers have never made a hard eight. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I just wanted to that, make, make that clear. Yeah. All right, so all right, uh, I master or inherent vice.
2: Inherent vice is the only uh, PTA film I had never seen. I saw the trailer, wasn't that interested. I was busy at the time and never caught up with it. I will do so now. So I will go with The Master, which I also enjoyed for many of the reasons you you had stated.
0: Fair. And finally, and then we're going to rank them, Phantom Thread or There Will Be Blood.
1: Uh, This is also a very easy one for me. Phantom Thread, I saw so much love for at the time, and I just kind of think it's fine. Like, it's not bad by any means, but it's one of those movies where the most interesting element of it is introduced in the last five minutes. And I kind of just yeah. wish the whole movie had been about that instead of a lot of coyly teasing around getting to that point. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is great. I think Vicky Krapes is especially great, but it's just, I, it's fine. It's, there's nothing special about it. It's if it weren't by PTA, I would have forgotten about it completely. Uh, yeah. on the other hand, there will be blood is a goddamn masterpiece and uh, is probably in my top five of all time. Uh, that is a mm. movie I can go back to. It's my favorite of PTA, spoilers for the ranking. Uh, I think Daniel day Lewis's performance in that is one of the best, if not the best, film performances of all time. It's, it's you know, it, that one's also almost three hours long, but it feels like it flies by. Mm. It's just so engaging. Every single shot is mesmerizing. That is borderline a perfect film for me.
0: I'm due to revisit it. But yes, I'm going to pick that one as well. I will And Fem- that's same. fine. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the ranking. I'll go I'll go first. Well, if you guys need to work on it. Um, Magnolia 1, Boogie Nights 2, punch Drunk Love 3, The Master 4, Phantom uh There will be Blood 5, F- Hard Eight A- 6 Phantom Thread 7 and Heron Vice 8. As you can see there's a there's a top 3 by far for me and then the master and then the rest are kind of like interchangeably like I wish he was doing Scorsese movies again. Sure. Steve,
1: I feel like we cut you off a lot in this segment, so do you want to go next?
2: Uh actually I need just a second
0: I'm it's still working.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I'm... I've got mine ready to go then. Okay, go ahead. Uh so number 1 is There Will Be Blood. Number two would be Magnolia. Or no, sorry. Uh, Number one's There Will Be Blood. Number two is Punch Drunk Love. Number three is Magnolia. Number four is The Master. Number five, Boogie Nights. Number six, Heart Eight. Number seven, Phantom Thread. Number eight, Inherent Vice.
2: All right. I have Magnolia, Boogie Nights. There Will Be Blood. Heart Eight, Punch Drunk Love. The Master... And I'm missing one. Oh, Phantom Thread and Inherent Vice because I had not seen it.
0: Cool. And then in a complete non sequitur, our Mount Rushmore is Mount Rush War. Oh. Mm, war films.
1: Oh, man. This Huge. This is so broad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's make sure that the war is front and center. So, like, well, don't pick Lincoln, for example.
1: Sure. Well, can we also narrow it down to maybe just movies based on real wars as opposed to like an edge of tomorrow or something like that? Because, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Gets, let's do, let's it do, it just let's do real war. So, no, no, forever, no,
0: no forever war, no tomorrow war. Yeah, um, no,
1: no starship troopers, none of that. That could be its okay. own, I mean, mount to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, starship troopers, now that you say it, is like almost I mean, be some, on the list for being There's something about such an, it to be sure, but yeah, um. I'm going to say that we need to include Saving Private Ryan. I think
1: that's a no-brainer.
0: i yeah. you know, uh, I don't love that film.
2: I love the first twenty minutes, but I afterwards I found it. I don't know.
0: So Fair. Okay. Well, let's. I think. I think. I think that and probably Platoon are the very easy two to put in. Uh, yeah, Platoon but, for sure. That's my favorite yes. Vietnam movie. So we have a World War Two. We have a Vietnam. Maybe the Hurt Locker for a modern war. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's if we're going to try to do uh, some interesting I can't things. Can't think
1: of an Iraq movie that I like better. So yeah, I would definitely say that.
0: And like, I feel like Zero Dark Thirty
1: is a little broader than we might want. Uh, I would call that more of a political thriller. There is war happening, but it's not about that.
0: It takes place during a war, but a modern war that's not like you know what we think of when we think of the rest of the movies. So yeah, so I, those, I would assume
1: that something. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah, something think, like uh, like a Cold War movie probably wouldn't count because it's not what you think of when you think of a war yeah. film. Though,
0: I, 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 Steve mentioned Inglourious Bastards. That might be our fourth.
1: I mean, I love it, but is it a war film? I feel like, again, that one's more of a political thriller. I mean, I mean it's I think, Tarantino, so genre is all over the place. But I feel like to, to – okay, here's – and this is just my thought. You guys can tell me if you disagree, but – I feel like at the bare minimum, there needs to be at least one scene of warfare. You know what I mean? And Inglorious Bastards Fair. doesn't really
0: have that. So yeah. how would you feel about The Dirty Dozen? I wouldn't be opposed to that. I'm trying to think of like a, a classic.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's... Or like Patton or something like that. I don't know.
0: Patton. Apo- or... Apocalypse Now?
1: Apocalypse Now, sure. Um... I think
0: Apocalypse Now might be our pick then.
1: I would go. I would be happy with Apocalypse Now, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did this fairly easy for like our broadest category. We would were... There's also uh, what's
2: the last one? I was thinking
0: of Full Metal 1917?
2: Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, is a pretty good
1: one too. Yeah, but yeah. it falls apart in the second half.
2: Yeah, the first half is it's
0: a, yeah. Well, ironically,
1: obviously. the war section of it is the less interesting part yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, go figure. Um, yeah, no, I, I like I like the four we came up with. I'm happy to hear other suggestions from people if they want to like critique or if we want to do a redo or something like that at some point. Could definitely come back to this one. Um, phony wars could be a, a whole other thing i'd be happy to do mount mount never happened rush war or whatever you want war. to call it mount fake war there we go uh, so the other thing i want to talk about um actually before we do that um quickly uh check in on loki it's still great i imagine
1: yes uh, i'm in a rare position because i've seen the new episode and you two haven't
0: some of us some of us were watching other things unfortunately well, like black widow yeah.
1: um yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this might be the best episode yet. Um, cool. Three, without giving anything away, three kind of felt like, was it, still good, but it felt like kind of a detour, whereas this one really gets the main narrative thrust back on track. And it ends in such a way where there's several, like, back-to-back reveals or sort of plot developments where you're like, what? Well, ha- what's going to happen now? And, Is this a uh, six-episode show? Six episodes, yes. And, uh, oh, so there's there, only two left. There are only two left. It feels early in its run. Like, it still feels like like this could be a 10-episode show easily, and I would be very much engaged with it, which I don't often say. I'm very much an advocate for shows need to be shorter. Um, but, I mean, it's it's definitely progressing at an interesting rate. I can't wait to see what happens next. And uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, there is a post-credit scene, so be sure to stick oh, around for that. And it is... First, first one of it the season, is right? First one of the season, and it is it's minor but like there's a single shot that is just wild and i oh. won't say any more
2: as soon as we finish awesome. this i'll be watching it so
0: there you go um yeah i'll probably watch it tonight um also in our detour uh, rick and morty remains phenomenal
1: it does i've only seen the first episode of the season so far but I oh god like that.
0: oh god the second episode is wild great i, I can't won't wait. i won't say anything but did you like the like the heist episode yeah, yeah. It's a good one. You son of a bitch, I'm in. You son like, of a
1: bitch, I'm in.
0: Think of that kind of like utter repetition until it becomes like hypnotic to the Right, that degree. that
1: constant state of escalation.
0: That's that's this entire
1: episode basically. Awesome.
0: Can't wait. It's very weird. Uh very cool. I uh we'll talk more about Rick and Morty in another week. We'll pick a week where we're all caught up. So let's wrap up on the year so far since we are now halfway through this year, somehow, someway. Which, goddamn, that's a surprise. Uh, It seems like it's been very quick. What stands out to you? So I'm not going to talk much about my list, like my my favorites of the year, because I have my article going up tomorrow, and I got to get you people to read. But I will say... Let's see. I'm at 148 films for the year. Count stuff from last year as well. Um, so I'm, I'm halfway to 300. So I'm on I'm on track, which is exhausting. But uh, only one movie's been four stars, and that's Zola. But I don't think it's been a bad year. It's just been a weird year because we're sort of still gearing up, and no one really knows how to navigate. And there's there's actually some good stuff still to come, like Mass. Roadrunner, like things that played at festivals. Coda is technically a second half release. Uh, The Kevin Smith documentary, Clerk. I can't imagine why I like that one. Um, Other festival stuff like Mark Mary and some other people, The Novice, Uh, Pleasure. I cannot wait for us to talk about Pleasure. And then technically, I guess Tomorrow War is a July is like the first movie of the second half. I I thought I'm under embargo until I guess when people are listening to this. So I don't know what anyone else thinks, but I really enjoyed it for what that's worth. Uh, so I think a lot just is still sort of TBD on the year. Though I will say there was one, one wild surprise in how much I liked, and that is, and I, I think I'm under embargo, but just like, shh, uh, Pig. The Nicolas Cage Oh, is movie. that good? I really like the trailer. It's great. I didn't watch the trailer. I just thought it was going to be like a throwaway, like Nicolas Cage movie. It's it one is, of those. He's actually taking things seriously. Movies. He's taking it seriously. It's it's moving. It's weird. Like it made me hungry. Like I love a movie that makes me want food. Um, which I don't know how much the trailer gives away at what food has to do with the movie. So I will let that be. But um, yeah, it's great. It's, like, I'm shocked. A24 doesn't have it, but I guess Neon has it. That's kind of the same thing in a way.
2: I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm excited. So, yeah. What would you guys say, and maybe let's do your favorite film of the year so far. You can do a couple if you want. Uh, performance or performances of the year, and then tell me what you're most looking forward to next next half. And if you want to do a worst, I'm happy to take one bad one. Steve, well, go ahead. <laughs>
2: throw this at me uh for worst of the year i yeah let's do worst first sure that's easier uh kind of remember the name of it
0: it's not nearly as bad as mine i promise you
2: one second uh oh here it is uh it's owen wilson and Summerhike and bliss which i found the the longest two hour and five minute movie or whatever it is ever and uh I highly recommend you avoid it because both are good mm-hmm. performers, and they're they are worthy of much more than anything that film had to offer.
0: Um, that's mine. Any runner? Those. Any runner up there? You have a runner up, maybe. A runner up. Um, Dishonor, dishonorable mention. You think? If you if you, uh, you know what you I
2: didn't? Uh, I don't know if this counts, but uh, the framing Britney Spears. I thought it was exploitive. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of people going Brittany. out there pretending they're looking to help somebody out and then make money off it.
0: Uh, you heard, you heard it first. Steve is uh, on the side of Britney's dad.
2: No, no, I'm not on the side of Britney's dad. I'm on the side of I'm on her side. I'm just not on the side of making a movie about it. There's other yeah, no, other ways that money could have been spent to help her out. That is that is very fair.
0: Out. I have, a, I have a somewhat nuanced opinion about the Free Britney movement, so I'll keep it to myself. Miles? That sounds controversial. Are we just doing I mean, worst so far? Yeah, yeah, you do your worst. No, all i meant is like, listen, her dad probably should not be handling her affairs like this. Maybe she needs a different therapist and like different meds and stuff. But am I wrong that isn't she an unwell woman? Like, shouldn't she probably have some sort of person looking out for her still?
1: I, I yeah maybe let's maybe this yeah. is better as an off air discussion. No, <laughs> I, mean, I was I feel I, like I don't know enough about the situation I know to nothing make about an educated this. statement on it. All so. I know
0: is she wants to be free and and she's not and her people are tweeting at Biden to do something and that made me very annoyed. My like, my feeling
2: is with the whole situation if you're a celebrity you should have handlers and you should have people looking out for you and those people should be looking out for you and does she need them? I think most of those, most celebrities do. Uh, it just should not be somebody like her dad who seems to have, sure. uh, you know, been worried worried about his pocketbook and what she can, she, he used her like a, like a machine to, to print money into yeah. and, and, and fame. It's disgusting. Which is bad.
0: No one, no one should do that. Um, I, have a, yeah. I have a, I have a, I have one of those. I call it Steve. Oh God. That's my, that's my handler who uh, insulates me from, from, you know, the world, right? That's how yeah, this works. It. Alright, yeah. st- stop
2: let's All stop right. this discussion now then. There we go. <laughs> He's like, No.
0: Free Joey. Uh, no, uh Miles, worst of the year.
1: Yeah, so how many movies did you say you'd seen this year? Uh one forty eight. Cool. I've seen eighteen. Um okay. and you know, so you can tell who on here gets to do festivals and screeners regularly. But um it's Hey listen, I, I told you to see Zola and I and I got oh
2: I gotta get married.
1: Well, I do get married. In six months but or something like that. I just, no, I will see Zola. I just didn't know if I would have time to this week because we are we just booked the venue. It's a whole thing. Anyway. He just didn't want to um, pay for
2: dinner. Well,
1: hmm. I'll eat dinner. Anyway, uh, so I've got 18. I will say I definitely have a worst of the year so far, and there is a pretty big gap between the worst and the second worst. Fair. Um, which is always nice because sometimes I kind of... I get towards the end of the year and I feel like I have to see a bad movie on purpose just because I didn't well, watch anything that I hated.
0: Got a few. I can tell you about.
1: Uh, well, you don't need to. Cause, uh, my last place so far, worst movie I've seen so far this year. And it's not one I feel great about dogging on because it's a very small indie movie, but it's, uh, one I saw called come true. Okay. And it's got a, Very interesting premise and a very compelling first half and a very strong uh, lead performance, good music, good visuals to it. There's a lot of stuff that really works, but it's that infuriating kind of movie where it takes some really good materials, whether it be concept or performances or what have you, and just completely squanders them in the second half. The ending of this movie is one of the worst endings I've ever seen in a movie. Mm. It's, It's... if you if you think of if the bar is like it was all a dream, this is like several layers worse than that. It's oh it's maddening and uh, it's it's a real shame because I think there was a potential to be a fun, interesting little um, sort of indie horror thing, but it it just doesn't live up to its potential. Uh, but I, on the whole, this year I would say. I've seen more films I like uh, this year than I had at this point last year. And some of the films I've seen this year, I like more than anything I saw last year. So that's saying something.
0: Yeah. What's the the you didn't hate runner-up that you said is the big gap? Um, Dishonorable mention.
1: Dishonorable mention. I I feel bad saying anything negative about it because I did review it for the site. But I was not terribly enamored with the amusement park. I thought it was... it's so interesting ideas, but it's like a, you know, it's 50 minutes of an old man walking through an amusement park and people hating him. And at a certain point it gets a bit repetitive and it's, it's interesting, but it's not a movie that I would ever recommend to anyone.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: thoroughly a curiosity. Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. I have six movies. I hated others. I didn't like, but six I hated. So I'll go in, in order of, uh, Best. Least bad, I guess. Uh, the Woman in the Window. Sucked. But, yeah. you know, there is some craft on display. Tom and Jerry. Boy, did that
2: suck. That was on my list. But I, I kind of yeah. knew going in that I was not going to enjoy that film. That yeah, 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 it's it, not, it's it's not right. for us.
0: Yeah, uh, I Care a Lot. Nobody hates that movie more than I do. I enjoyed it. I know. I know people, most people did. It's a little uh, broken, bottom, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Bottom three Prisoners of the Ghost Land, the uh, Nicolas Cage Sundance movie that I despised. Um, I know it's maybe like just not aimed at me, perhaps, because there are people who loved it, but I, I thought it was uh, just awful. Uh, the Boss Baby, too. And. The worst of the year, by far, one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Roe v. Wade. Is that a this year? I
1: thought that was last year.
0: It came out this year. Oh. When did I review it? I will tell you now. Because find a you know a release date that's accurate. It's kinda of hard. Because who knows when it actually came out. Uh, I'm gonna look up when I did the review, but yeah, it, it came out and it came out in March, March 24th, huh. and uh, I I wish it had been aborted. Whew. Yeah, terrible, awful movie. If there's a worse movie this year, I quit. Like, shut down the site. Like, you all have to go. Like, everyone loses because of that one movie. Um, so hopefully that will not be the case. Let's do performances. You can choose as many or as few as you want. Like, let's say one to three in that range. But if you really are passionate about, about it, you go, go for more, but uh, whoever wants to go first. Performances from this half that are sticking with you. If you want to, like, maybe preach for uh, someone who's a little under the radar or something like that, have at it if you'd like. Uh, I, I'll start with uh,
2: Plain Crawford. From The Killing of Two Lovers, I think it was a just a great kind of understated performance with more depth, and as, as you watch it back, I, I think the whole film is something that if you watch over and over, you'll see like uh, the layers to it, and it's, uh, it's surprisingly effective, even though it's got a very experimental feel to it, so I will go Clayne Crawford. And after that, I don't know. You it's tough because there's so many... It's not like you know previous years where the release dates are set in stone. You can just look at a calendar because so much stuff I've seen this year that might have been end of last year. I can't even say for sure. Like the Nest. Is that last year or is that this year? Last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, the stuff that like qualified last year but came out this year, I'm okay having on both lists. Like Like, don't mention nomadland even though it came out this year technically because it's not but like things that didn't win best picture like if you want to or same with like judas the black messiah like i have it listed on my list but i don't consider it eligible for like prizes but you know stuff that played at like a festival last year and went to the festival again this year like a Prey away or an uh an aja or a lorelei you know, like those kind of movies, I'm fine to have on either list. But, you know, like you don't need to say your actor winner right now is the, is Anthony Hopkins in The Father. We get it, you know.
1: Well, I'm glad I mean, you, you said do... that because I would have totally, you know, taken the opportunity to rave about Daniel
0: Kaluuya again. Yeah, he he has the Oscar. He did it. Yeah. Uh well, we can, if you want to think of another one, Steve, you're welcome to, but we'll, we'll take Clay Crawford for now. Miles, what do you got from your uh, seven movies you saw? Yeah,
1: I've, I've got a handful I want to give shout outs to. Um, I mentioned, uh, it was either last week or the week before how much I loved, uh, In the Heights. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the entire cast was great, but I want to especially shout out uh, Anthony Ramos and, uh, Melissa Barrera. I think they're both fantastic and deserve to be big stars going forward. Um, I recently caught up with and was very pleasantly surprised by uh, Cruella. Um, hmm. I think the entire cast is great in that, but the MVP is probably Paul Walter Hauser as Horace. Just oh, like yeah, every line was solid gold. I loved it. Um, and a uh, special mention to the entire cast of Writers of Justice, who are uniformly excellent.
2: Yeah, if you're going, yeah, I would follow suit with that, uh, with both of those. I, the Writers of Justice I was going to mention, but I'm like, well, I didn't know who to mention, but I agree. If
0: you go cast, that's uh, definitely one. Mm. I don't know why Steve was texting me his picks as opposed to just saying them, but he says Syrian Hines a Steppenwolf. Oh,
1: <laughs> Sharon Hines forgot that he played Steppenwolf. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm very, I'm proud of that joke. I don't know what to tell you. Um, good part of that text. Yeah. <laughs> Stand by it. What are you talking about? Full send. Um, so I have a, I have a couple I have in terms of stuff that already is, el like true first half stuff, Coleman Domingo in Zola, I think has to be up there. Uh, and, uh, Rachel Senat in, uh, Shiva baby. I think are my like male and female performances of the year so far. Um, in terms of things to come, uh, everyone in code is great. Everyone in mass is great. That movie that will struggle to get people to see it, even though I'll try. Um, Nicolas Cage and Pig. I can't wait to talk more about that. Um, and then I, I am dying for everyone to watch Pleasure. That is the, Sophia Capel in that movie, and, uh, as well, um, supporting person, uh, Rivka Russell, I believe is her name. Um, they're so good in like such a wildly challenging film. Um, I I cannot wait for you guys to watch that. Um,
2: yeah, these are all in my queue. Unfortunately, yeah. Make
0: the sure you watch. Uh, make sure you watch. Pleasure with your kids. <laughs> get the popcorn out. Get the popcorn out and get, answer gather some questions. Gather around the
2: TV. Yeah, this will be the this will be the time I get to to have that
0: discussion with them. I mean, they gotta more. learn sometime, right? Why not with a film? Like yeah, pleasure. And yeah. Miles, you do you know what this movie's about, right? I've heard about it, yeah. Okay, I'm guessing you want to see it. I, I will be seeing it, yes. Awesome. Definitely see the unedited version, because that's what I saw. And I, I'm when I reference some of the wilder things, I want people to have been able to reference it. But yeah, she is phenomenal in that movie. Um, other people of note, Martin Sheen in 12 Mighty Orphans, really great. Sometimes it's another just nice to watch a veteran actor get to like, have a nice supporting role. Um, and oh, I have one to add to. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm good on mine. So those are, those are my picks, uh, and you can add another one. more. We'll I'm
2: not up. sure how how this fits in, but uh, Bo Burnham on Inside. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I was right? I was
0: about to be like kind of special citation because yeah, I don't know how to. It's not a movie, but it kind of is a movie.
2: Whatever it is, it's incredible. It's incredibly creative and surprisingly deep and surprisingly effective uh, is just one of those things. that I 20 minutes in, I thought, okay, where does this go? And by the time it ends, it really has so much more impact than you'd expect. And and the amount, how can you not be jealous of his creativity? It's insane what this yeah. guy could do in a room with a keyboard and some lights for the next.
0: Well, that, yeah, that that is the wildest thing because... Yeah, once I heard the premise of, like, oh, it's kind of a one-man show, like, he did, like, most of the work here. You're you're interested. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So he, like, some of the work that had to go into just these throwaway, like, moments to, like, arrange it. And, and I'm sure there were a lot of takes. And, like, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a special achievement that um, if it was, like, if it somehow qualified, like, if the Academy was like, sure, it counts um is in my top 10 right now
1: oh totally. be a fac- be in my top five right now easily it's just so compelling
0: it a it's fascinating
1: conversation to, to
2: speak with him and, and hear him break down some of uh how everything about it how it came together and how he actually produced it it all appears effortless but in order for this to work it really needs to be well planned out
1: Agreed. I have thought about this about him for a while. He is so phenomenally talented at putting so much work into making things seem like they're happening just off the cuff, like almost stream mm-hmm. of consciousness. There's clearly yeah. so much precision behind the scenes to make it look like it's like happening on the fly, and it's kind of mesmerizing.
2: And to keep it flowing and moving along so effortlessly, that's a, that's an incredibly tough to do. And Especially when this is a one-man thing, that's why I'm curious: at how much of this was kind of storyboarded out, and how much of this was in post-production in, you know, pre-production, and pre-production during production?
0: That this. I think thing the answer is the right. yes to all of it. I think right because and oh, that, what makes it well, because he, he he wrote it, he directed it, he edits it. Um, he's the cinematographer. I I I gotta imagine there might have been another camera person at some point, but a lot of it is you know stationary camera or like there are times where the camera is zooming where I'm wondering how much you know is being done behind the scenes or if he has like a remote on just, like a zoom lens or something like that well, there's so I was wondering
1: that. about that at first I think what that is is um if you're uh, filming on like high enough definition like 5 4K 6K 8K something like that you can just add that zoom in post okay so, so that wouldn't yeah, I, I even figured. necessarily be any camera movement but okay there are also so yeah,
2: remote so... uh lens right so So there's a number of of ways
1: which again there's a number of ways but even if he's yeah even if he
0: has a remote to zoom in the choreography involved how many takes he probably had to do which i think even interestingly feeds into kind of the sense of like i'm going insane because the work is probably insane at the same time as you know life so yeah it's a it's a special achievement i think i'm i'm happy for everyone to consider him like the special achievement award for the first half yeah for sure all right yeah cool um and yep. then let's wrap up with uh give me two movies for the rest of the year that you can't wait to see
2: hmm I'll have to look at your list i think um
0: well, oh that's uh, something i've seen mm. I, which has
2: for i believe
0: sure. for a very select few screened i know someone who has seen it oh yeah Alright, so you both did Suicide Squad. Give me another one.
1: Well, I bet you can guess mine, but uh, it's it was my number one most anticipated last year and continues oh. to be my number one most anticipated this year. Can I, I cannot fucking wait for Dune. I guess I can't guess. Hmm. Oh, what were you going to guess?
2: <laughs> I was going to guess Dune, but I would have been wrong. I was going to guess Spiral.
1: Well, I saw it Spiral. I know.
0: It was probably, but it probably was one of your most anticipated last year. It would have
1: been on the, before I saw it, it would have been in the top five for sure. But um, no, Dune is one that, you know, I'm a big fan of the book. It's literally my favorite director working right now is doing it. And it's such a phenomenal cast. It's got so much working against it right now. And there's a very good chance that it won't make its money back and won't get the sequel. It kind of needs to complete its story. But I'm still very, very excited to see what uh, they come up with
0: fair enough and uh, steve had one uh
1: i'm struggling here I
2: have, I have the big the big ones like the eternals but i'm trying to think of a smaller film um
0: what's coming out no... De-
2: what's coming out in december
0: pta's movie
2: um, oh what's it called? A soggy bottom Soggy Bottom, or whatever it
0: ends up being called well let's go with that All right, gonna fair enough. oh yeah i'm gonna...
2: yeah,
1: the marilyn monroe film as well with um... yeah blonde oh blonde yeah that blonde. looks good Oh, let yeah. me throw out real quick. Uh, I want to throw out a smaller one that uh, I'm very excited for that was delayed from last year. The Green Knight. I think yeah. that
0: looks fascinating. Fair. Um, okay. I'm going to say No Time to Die. For sure. Love me a good Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with a weirder one, Being the Ricardos. I'm just fascinated by that idea. I um, don't know yeah. if it's going to work or not, but it's Sorkin, so I'm, I'm willing to try. And then yeah, also, I see, Stillwater, I see Stillwater, I think, next week. So I'll be on that one soon, too. Nice. And I'm curious about that. But shh. It's playing a can, so I'm not supposed to say anything. So no, no one's yeah. saying anything.
2: Last Night in Soho was another one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm Fair. Looking forward to Cool. Good picks. Good picks all around. All right. So let's close up shop, say where you can be found, and then say your favorite movie of the first half. Or remind people in case you, because some of us have mentioned it, I think, this week and two weeks ago, I think. So, Miles, go for it.
1: All right. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd under MilesOnFilm. That's M Y L E S on film. On film. Uh, please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. Both are on YouTube and both are, you know, they're pretty good. Uh, my favorite film of the year so far would be In the Heights.
0: All right, Steve.
2: My name is Steve. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxed at FilmSnort. Um, I guess my fa- favorite film of the year will still have to be uh, the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Cool. Uh, yeah.
0: Netflix will be thrilled one. to hear that. What was uh, that? I said Netflix will be thrilled to hear it. Oh, because they are planning a campaign. Well, they As should. They it's, should. It's, yeah. Um. You can follow me at Maggotson on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd, um, on Snapchat, though I don't really use it, and, and so on and so forth, LinkedIn, all that shit. Uh, most of those for Awards Radar as well. It's not just me, but, you know, I'm there as well. And uh, my, number, my favorite movie of the year is Zola. So, there we are. Uh, more to come next week. We will catch up on things we mentioned catching up on. We'll spend a little bit more time on Loki. And we will uh, potentially have some other things to talk about. I um, think Miles and Steve have a movie, right, that you guys are going to talk about as well? Or not yet? Not yet, but I will uh, we'll discuss it. Working now. on it. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully that segment will return. And, uh, I mean, if you want something weird and embarrassing for Miles to do, feel free to come up with some suggestions. We, uh, we have some... Listen.
2: <laughs> oh, shout out to Ryan McDermott for the, uh, the face-offs and the uh, yep. and the, the rush Always, wars. They've been great. Yeah, Always for real. I, I,
1: I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit, but he's given us these virtually every single week, and I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Miles says that until next week when he goes, I think you should do a segment where you play Bill Cosby as a... And you go, no, 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 never mind, never mind. It's all over now. Um. Uh, <laughs> Well that will be
1: that will be his downfall, not mine. Exactly.
0: Somewhere Kevin Spicy is smiling. Yeah. Or essentially I, I would assume molesting, that seems to be his thing, right? Kevin Spicy right. does not exist and gotta, we'll, gotta go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's, I let's just not. <laughs> yes.
0: Though uh Steve, feel free to put the like Kool-Aid Man sound breaking into a wall in the background. Oh yeah. Um uh, But yes, we will we will be back next week. Sans Mr Spicy uh you can follow us at awards radar on our individual things look for a sunday scary from miles um tied into a trailer that actually came out yesterday and don't breathe too which hey another segment we always forget to do things we forgot to talk about we talk about at the end don't breathe too looks good though i have a major issue with it so we'll talk about that if you want actually let's just quickly do that miles since you're writing about don't breathe you liked it right
1: yeah, I'm very excited. I actually rewatched the first film last night just to because I heard the trailer was dropping. Uh, totally holds up. Great movie. There's the weird turkey baster bit, but outside of that, it's fabulous. Um, I'm very intrigued about it. It looks like it's doing the Terminator 2 thing where it takes the villain and maybe doesn't make him a hero, but at least makes them pro- the protagonist, which is something that I wish more horror movie franchises would experiment with. Like, Wouldn't we love to see, like, a Friday the 13th movie from Jason's perspective? I don't know. I think I've always thought that would be really interesting. I'm all into
0: that. I I don't love that, like... The turkey baster makes him, like, a rapist. And I'm not wild that he's a protagonist now. Like, murder oddly, I can get behind. So... Sure, yeah, but it I, does seem
1: I'm, like there'll be an element of the plot that he does have to reckon with the shitty things he's done. So yeah, as long as there's a I feel better about it. I mean, they've kind of they've kind of low key turned him into blind John Wick, but I, yeah. I I can I can live with that.
0: Yeah. Listen, so that's there. Look for Miles's uh, analysis and speculation and whatnot on Sunday, and then just last thing before we go because I don't want Steve to have a have a conniption, but. The Halloween Kills trailer reflects the script that I read. It's going to be uh, oppressively violent and potentially really good. So, Steve, I'm sure I hated the trailer. Miles, what do you think? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I think it looks good. I didn't have any strong thoughts, except that there's the bit where it looks like they're getting the whole town together to fight Michael. And that's something that I feel like is well overdue for these movies. Like, where are all the movies where, like, people are pissed that the serial killer has been killing people for ten movies and, like, gets a gang together to actually fight the killer? Like, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a bit more back and forth than just killer stalks Whoa. around and kills helpless people. This is the movie for you, then. That's all I'll say. Great. Well, I,
2: can I say something? Yeah. I, go for you it. Know, it, might, it might surprise you, but I saw the trailer and I thought it looked like a piece of shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'll stop there because I can go on and on. I I do not like the original, and the trailer reminded me about everything I disliked about the original, the original 2018 remake, the original and, second remake.
0: Not yeah. even the first it, remake. But a remake. It's not even
1: know. a remake. Okay, that's the one thing I hate about this whole thing. There's three I different know. movies called Halloween, and only two of them take place in the same continuity.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. To me, it's it's beyond repair. I was hoping that you would, you know, both you and Ryan, had said you read the script and looks great. I look at that trailer and I I just shake my head.
0: I guess Ooh. it's just not your franchise.
2: No, I, are you kidding? I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite I movies mean, of all time. This this, this take season. on it. Yeah, this is
0: just not. Which is funny some because people you enjoy
2: love, it. It's just not for me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you love Halloween, and people who also love Halloween love this this version of it as much, if not more, than the original.
2: I would love but, to sit down with people who love Halloween, Halloween the original, and discuss, who like this, and discuss how. I just don't understand well, it.
0: Um, looking forward to October for that, and then Halloween. Yeah, we'll have ends. to, we could do a whole we'll separate podcast on that. I'm ready to go yeah I'm in so we'll get to that but for now we're, we're going to we're gonna stop films. here uh, I'm, I'm bored I'm yeah. sorry Joe we'll do it no no we can we can do a Halloween uh, a well honestly
1: we we did we did a Saw retrospective last year uh, in October so it would actually be timely to do a Halloween one uh, this year there you go mark it down
0: coming in October a Halloween special edition Um, cue the music Boom. What's this? John Carpenter suing us? Never mind. Normal ending for the podcast. Talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.